Hi there, this is episode 3 of me in a room by myself, talking out loud into a fucking microphone. Uh, the last two episodes were definitely something interesting. I think I may have gone on a rant, but I don't know, it was a little while ago. Alright, so let's see, what would I like to talk about today that's been... Irking with me. You know what's something that's actually been irking me lately? How annoying people are when it comes to superstition. Now, I've never been a very superstitious person. Some of them I find interesting. More more interesting rather than actually believing in them. And I'll get, like a couple examples would be, uh, you know, sneezing. There's, a, there's this big superstition that whenever you sneeze means someone's talking about you. And I've known people that genuinely believe that. Now I have a problem with that because it just doesn't make any sense to me. Why why would someone be talking about you? Why why would that cause you to sneeze? Now there there are those who are out there that have heard me make this argument and they'll say you know, it's just a fun thought. You don't got to give it so much time and effort. But I do. I have to give it this much time and effort when it's the same amount or even more time or effort that's being put into it the other way. People will put hours into thinking about this stuff, trying to come up with solutions. And I feel it's only fair that I come up with hours of work for the exact opposite. Now, I haven't exactly gone full hours of work yet, but you you get the idea. A couple other superstitions out there, of course, with the bad luck ones, like walking under a ladder. Now, that one's that one's an interesting one. Because for those of you out there who have ever actually tried walking under a ladder, it is very unnerving. It's never big enough, because I have tried this. It's never big enough. You always got to duck your head just a little bit. And so the idea that walking under a ladder would cause you bad luck. I don't know about that. But when it comes to walking under a ladder, I I just don't want to do it. I And I don't really know anybody that specifically decides they want to do it. So when you, when you see someone walking under a ladder, give them kind of props there. And what I mean by that is, is one, or A, they're not worried about the superstition of getting bad luck. And B, they're doing something that most people wouldn't do because of A, the safety regulations, whereas something could fall on their head. And B, it's just annoying and cramped and never quite feel right after walking under a ladder. You never, you never feel like you just did something natural. Right, so there's there's one, there's the ladder, there's there's those really stupid sexual ones where a man's feet correspond with the size of his sexual organ. Now that one doesn't make much sense. See, I've got like size 13 feet. I got some decently sized down there and I am not exactly packing. So, I don't know about that one. Then you, then you meet those people that are like size 15 feet. 
and you just have to hope for girls. I'm sure there's plenty of girls out there that kind of hope it's true. But every guy, every guy out there sees a man with big feet, and they immediately go back to that superstition because it's been something that's been drilled in our head. And they go back to that superstition and they go, oh, I really hope that's not fucking true. And then they look down and if they've got size 16 or 15 feet, they go, you know what? Maybe it is true. Now, that's another funny thing about, about guys. How many of them have actually measured? I mean, it's such an odd thing to do. First of all, you have to wait for the correct moment. And when I mean correct moment, I mean obviously once enough blood has been pumped. Once, once it's straight as an arrow. And then they have to take an actual ruler or measuring tape or something along those lines and measure it. Who has the time to do that? Who's going to remember that? If you've got a, if you're as straight as an arrow, I have serious doubts that the first thing we'll be thinking of is, ooh, where's my ruler? Right? You know? And so most time, if you ever ask a guy, you know, how big are you and you and you want a measurement and they give you a measurement, if the measurement sounds big, it's probably wrong. Nine times out of ten, they're bullshitting. They don't know what the measurement is. Why? Because they've never stopped to check. Their minds have usually been on something else. Now, when it comes to superstitions, like I said, I'm not I'm not big on them. But there are a couple that are kind of funny. And I can even go back to the sneezing one. Because have you ever seen somebody sneeze multiple times? Like three times in a row. Three times in a row is kind of like the the normal. That's about the time. For whatever reason, our sneezes decide to follow the rule of three. But you ever see people sneeze like five times, even maybe seven times in a row, like it just keeps coming. You have to look at them and be like, are you okay? And usually they are. But if they think, if they follow the whole superstition that what just happened means that somebody is talking about you, if you sneeze because someone's talking about you, then if you're sneezing seven times in a row, you must be the fucking topic of a book club at that time or some shit like that. I mean... It's it's kind of funny to think that based on this superstitious law, the reason, forget about all the pollen in the air, that doesn't matter. No, the reason that you are sneezing so much is because you are just so goddamn popular. I mean, holy shit. Would you look at that? I mean, you could be sitting in your room, Rome. You could be sitting in your room alone at night. And you start sneezing, obviously it means that somewhere, someone out there is making a big fuss over you. Now, like I said, I don't necessarily believe in them, but it is something funny to think about. And for those of you who can maybe use a bit of a self-confidence booster, go ahead, think about that all you want. Hell, I could use a self-confidence booster half the time. And... Most of the time, and I'm sure most guys agree with me here, when a guy needs a self-confidence booster, they go... Well, you know what? I actually don't know where a guy would go for a self-confidence booster. I know 
how we lose our confidence, mostly from girls, thank you. But when it comes to actually gaining self-confidence, I'm not really sure. Maybe that's why I'm, I'm doing this, to talk about the shit that leads up there. But now that I think about it, I really don't know how a guy can gain self-confidence. Now, when it comes to a girl, girls can gain confidence. Maybe not the best type of confidence, but confidence nonetheless from applying things like makeup, maybe getting hair, changing their look, changing the way they talk and stuff. But guys, it's not exactly the same. A lot of guys... Now, now those are you out there that are thinking to yourself that guys change their outfits too. You know, you see some guys, all of a sudden, they start vaping, start wearing chains, start thinking they're cool rappers and all that stuff. And they seem all so much more confident. It's all bullshit. They're not really boosting their confidence. They're just doing something to make themselves look cooler. And when people treat them like they're a little bit cooler, they get that self-confidence. But it's that need, that need for attention and, and confidence boosters that is the whole problem in the beginning. Especially since if they continue to need that attention, it's very apparent that they don't have very much self-confidence. It's, it's like an endless cycle. You keep getting attention, you want more. Why do you want more attention? Because you don't have enough self-confidence. Jesus fucking Christ, I've said self-confidence, I don't even know how many goddamn times. And if I was getting paid for saying that shit. Oh, fuck. Okay, no, I was broke something. Alright. But yeah, like, and, you know, obviously, unless some of you out there think I've just got a, a very strange voice for the gender, I'm not a girl. And so I don't really know how girls are when it comes to makeup and all that, if they're actually becoming more confident or if it's the exact same thing with guys. Logically, it should be the exact same thing with guys, but still, like I said, I'm not 100% sure. And I know from experience that talking about women and their their problems and needs and how their minds think is a very bad mistake. How many of you have ever seen a movie called The Circle? For those of you who haven't, and I'm, I'm assuming most of you haven't, it's not exactly, I haven't even heard, I haven't even heard about the movie until someone showed it to me, but it's not exactly a very widespread movie, not a lot of very famous actors, but the basic idea behind the movie is that these people appear in a room, and they're slowly being killed off, and they learn that they have the ability to vote who's to be killed off, and they eventually figure out that one of them will survive at the end, and who's it going to be, and how's that being fair, and all that. It's a decent movie. The whole thing is based around aliens abducting them and then making them kill each other. It's like outer space hunger games. But that's not the point. The uh, the point is, uh, in the movie, a man gets killed because, well, many of them, well, they all get killed, but, but the reason they get killed is because usually a flaw is demonstrated, is shown for their character, seeing the rest of the people learn who they are and decide that if they're going to have to kill someone, they prefer to kill them for that sole reason. Now, two girls show me this movie. I was with another guy and two of them show me this movie. And one of them, sorry, one of the characters, I want to clarify, in the uh, movie uh, is identified by a cop, a cop who's also in the circle with him. 
it's this really tattooed kind of guy, seriously shading. And you learn that he actually beat his girlfriend. And he didn't exactly feel remorse for it. And so that was the that was his flaw, and that's why they killed him. They didn't like him for it. But later on, when we were discussing the movie and they started talking about that, the two girls I was with made comments along the lines of, you know, he didn't seem that bad, but then you learn about the girl and you're like, ooh, okay, we should that that's bad. And I go, well, I don't know about that. Apparent yeah, okay. Those of you, let me explain why I said, I don't know about that. The man beat his girlfriend. Fucking awful person. I 100% agree with that. But the idea that you should kill him over it didn't really make sense to me. I didn't see it as a death-worthy crime. The guy was probably in his late 20s in the movie. People make mistakes. I didn't know if it was worth killing him. Now, there were other guys, for example, a college student who obviously wanted to survive and so his idea was let's start killing off all the older people since logically they'd be next to die you know 80s 90s 75 and over so that they had time to discuss and figure out what was happening well through that after most of them disappeared he goes okay now it's your turn and the person goes what do you mean it's my turn he goes well you're next you're the next oldest and they go i'm 40 and he goes that's old enough and so he was prepared to start killing off people just because they were old, just to save his ass. And that is why they kill him, because they they don't trust him. And obviously, he's just, again, trying to save his own ass by killing off older people. And it's very clear that he doesn't actually care for them. Now, that's understandable. He may have even turned on them in the end. But this guy, this tattooed, shady-looking dude, didn't show any seriously bad qualities, except for the fact that he ended up beating his girlfriend. Now, when it comes to him and others, it didn't make sense for me that he should have died. Now, I didn't exactly get a chance to explain this to the girls, and I'm getting back to my topic here on be very careful about what you say around girls when it comes to girl topics. So I made the comment, I don't think you should have died for that. And they looked at me with serious disgust and hate. It was only for a split second, and then they... It was almost more for show than anything. They're, we're still good friends. I don't think anything. I don't think anything was truly meant by it. But, but they did not like the fact that I just made the comment on just because he beat his girlfriend, that wasn't okay. And so the reason they didn't like that comment, obviously, is because it made me out to being like somebody who was okay with the idea of of beating a loved one. That relationship abuse is actually perfectly fine which it isn't make that very clear right now it is not okay I mean if you beat someone that you're supposed to love obviously you ain't fucking doing it right and you need to stop reevaluate so anyway I was getting to my point there about you just can't really you have to be careful what you say around girls I think I made a, I think I made a couple comments on that in a previous episode based on feminism and stuff. Again, something very dangerous for me to talk about, so it's a good thing I'm not revealing my name at the moment at least about that, as I don't need somebody charging down my door and is ready to, to kill me because women are better 
based on their equality. But women are women. They're not all like that, thankfully. But a lot of them can be, and that's something us men have to deal with. Now, any any girls listening to this, I'm not trying to insult you here. I am not sexist. I, I think women are fantastic. And in a lot of ways, they are better than men. But you have to realize that what I'm saying is true to some extent. And you, you guys say about gentlemen and and men and boys, sometimes it's even worse. So all I ask of your listening is to keep an open mind. I'm just discussing what's going through my head. And to not throw up that wall in your mind that blocks out other pieces of information from going into your con- conscious mind and, and allowing you to rethink. What I mean by that is some people, especially when they're aggravated, throw up a wall and it doesn't matter what you say to them, they will not hear it. It goes in one ear and right out the other. And that's actually how a lot of arguments are as well. You know, I'm sure most of you have had a person in your life where you try to argue with them and at a certain point or a certain trigger word, something happens and they shut down. They will no longer listen to you. They will yell and fight back as much as they want. But when it comes to actually listening to you, you're not getting anywhere. They, they can't hear you anymore. So the only solution is to try to find a way to shock them out of it, to break that wall or leave the conversation and go back at it for another time. That can be dangerous as those there are people out there that believe they've won when you walk away. And that can be a serious problem. So it's a bit of a struggle. I would know. I have family members like that where you're trying to talk to them and they get offended by something you say. Even if you're not trying to, they get offended. And so now you have to deal with not only the fact that they're angry and upset with you, but that you have to somehow either escape or fix the problem at hand before you can even continue with the conversation. Now, for some people, this is something like, I want you to clean your room or that's a very, that's a very specific one there. Um, Pick a better one. Maybe it's something like what you want to do for the day or how you spent some money or how you are, your habits, anything like that. Anything that can can hurt your pride and make you, it makes you hurt where you want them to take it back. Anything like that can throw up a wall where you can't, can't take in any information into your conscious brain. Like I've said before, I realize I looped that, but by throwing up that, you make it harder for other people. Now I'm talking to the people who do, who have done that. Maybe they even realize that they've done that. But for those of you who have done that, you need to realize that you're only making it harder on people that you know and possibly even people that you love. Now, when it comes to me personally, I will fully admit that I can actually throw up a wall. I've done it before. But the way I do it is and I'm sure others do it like me too, we do it a bit differently. We become 
proud of our ideas and not wanting to let them go very easily. We do not argue and fight over the said idea necessarily. If you don't go with our idea, oh well, so sad. We may not like the other idea, but we'll we'll, we'll put up with it. So that's the way I get angry is is I throw up a wall, but it's kind of like a wall with windows. You know, I'm I don't want to let things in. I don't want to let the other idea in, but it's going to go in because I left the window open and I don't have the heart to close it because that would just be mean. It's not how an argument should go. Um well, I'd okay. That is true. But at the same time, I also wouldn't define myself that way as I've never actually lost my temper. So when I say that you put up a wall and now you're willing to fight, I can't necessarily use that for my own my own I my own personal personality as the way I was describing is when you're willing to fight but you're still listening. Where some people can't, some people can, right? For for me, I don't really get mad enough to fight back. Every once in a while, if I feel it's necessary, I will raise my voice to try as using that as a shock method to, to make you hear me. But every single time I do that, it just makes just makes whoever I'm arguing with angrier. As like I said, a lot of people argue with happen to have that wall up and yelling only infuses that wall. So you really can't do that. But I don't, I haven't ever lost my temper. And that's something I'm actually kind of scared of for my future. I mean, as somebody who's never really lost their temper, a a lot of people lose their tempers enough and often enough where they've learned how to kind of control it and guide it. They know how to calm themselves down. But if when I lose my temper, because I don't lose my temper easily, like I said, I don't even remember last time I've actually done it. I don't know how much fighting or how much how much of an argument will have to be in for me to lose it and when i do lose it just how hard how how loud and strong will i lose it and will i be able to control it will i do or say something that i don't mean because i'm in a, a blind fury of rage and that's the way i see it happening because i feel like Something would have to make me literally go into a blind fury of rage to lose my temper. I find a lot of people around me fight about money. You know, money this and money that. And money is very important in life. It is. If you don't have money, your life's going to become more difficult. But money can also, of course, everyone's heard the money is evil. Money is the root of all evil. And to an extent, I believe that's true. But I don't see it as the root of all evil. I see money as almost like a knife in the hands of of someone willing to mistreat it. It becomes a weapon. It becomes dangerous. It becomes a serious problem for those around him. But put into the hand of somebody who cares, it actually becomes a tool. You won't be. It'll be harder. You can't hurt somebody where it'll be a lot more difficult to hurt someone with a tool, especially if you're not even meaning to. And you can end up usually using that said tool to enhance 
the lives of those around you. And of course, for those of you who are confused, I'd be very surprised if you are, but if you are confused, I was obviously considering the idea of using a knife as a weapon versus using a knife as a kitchen utensil or a crafting a piece of crafting equipment and you can enhance people around lives around you. But the same thing goes for money. You use money, you can use money to enhance the lives around you or to destroy the lives around you. Especially if you allow the money to destroy your own life, to, to cause you greed, and to make it to cause you greed, to cause yourself, you allow yourself to become overcome with a, with a form of greed. And then from that, you start losing friends and family because of your newfound ways and you, you stop you, you stop remembering the little thing you stop you become agitated or you become worried over stupid things now I have I've got I've got lots of family I do I've got a very large family I'm partially Lebanese so those of you who don't understand what it's like to be in a Lebanese family, it's very similar to being in a family kind of like Greek or Ukrainian, even at times, where it's just a big family, everyone's together. There's a lot of pride in the culture, but big families. And so I have a family member who they've got they've got a lot of money, but they can't really use it because they use it too much. And that may not make sense, but just give me a second, let me explain. Let's say you make $100,000 a year. Now this person makes more, but I'm using this as a, as a simple base. So let's say they made $100,000 a year. And I don't even know what that is, so that's actually a horrible thing. Okay, let's say they made $15,000 every two weeks. That, now that's a, that's a very large number for those of you who don't know. That's a humongous number. I make like maybe 300 bucks every two weeks if I'm lucky at my current job. Of course, I'm only being minimum wage, but you get the idea. So let's say $15,000. Now, a good chunk of that's going to go to their bills. Let's say $4,000 goes to bills. Now, they've still got $11,000. Now, what we do is we grow up and we learn about how money works is you learn how to save money how if you want to purchase something that costs a decent amount you learn to save it so like going on vacation taking a cruise ship stuff where the, the plane ride would take thousands of dollars on its own you save up money that way you can enjoy your time there because you know you've got quite a bit now from that 11,000 some of it obviously has to go to groceries and other stuff. So let's say in the end you're stuck with $7,000 after making some purchases. Uh, you know, free one. Uh, that, I understand it's $4,000, but maybe they got a big family like mine. Obviously, that, that's not really my point. I'm just using that now as an example. And so they're buying lots of groceries, lots of things. Maybe they're paying for the child's uh, lessons in swimming or dancing or or sports, something like that. Now you have $7,000. Now, this family member of mine, the problem is the fact that when they see that $7,000, they don't think to themselves, okay, 
if I spend a small amount of this just on what I need and maybe maybe spoil myself just a little bit I can save up the rest for something better but that's not how they think they see seven thousand dollars and think to themselves I've got two weeks and seven thousand dollars I'm gonna spend it all in a day now if that doesn't make sense to you join the goddamn club because I'm there with you so Eventually, this person, this person's spouse, had to fix the bank account, had to fix the money allowance so that they couldn't, so that they couldn't, uh, make that much, if you understand my meaning. They couldn't spend that much. And so, the, per the spouse had to start lying to this person and say, instead of saying that we have $7,000 in the account, now we have $4,000, and now there's an extra $3,000 in savings. Well, this person lost track of how money worked, it seems, and started spending the money. She'd spend that $4,000 and then ask for more money. Now, she's not she or he, sorry. I'm giving up, she, uh, it's giving up, it's, it's a woman. Funny enough how that comes back around. She doesn't, spend she does she isn't she isn't a genius she doesn't know statistically speaking how much money we actually have in in the bank account at that time right there's no way for her to actually know how much is in there but she still asks for more even though all she knows is that they have four thousand and they've spent four thousand and like i said she's not psychic she doesn't know that there's more in there yet Somehow, somehow, she thinks that if she asks for more, she'll get it. And because, of course, that the spouse hid that extra bit, he can then, I've already made it the she, so he, let's go with that, has, has the available money to do it. And so they usually end up doing it. And so you get to this point where, this per, you get to this point where this person thinks that $4,000 to spend isn't, isn't enough that they can't live on that because they're used to spending more than they should be and now that they've been cut back they need they feel the need to keep spending at the same amount and so in the end this person that may have grown up very poor and and with an understanding of money loses that understanding all because they let their desires take control and seems to have forgotten what it was like to live on very little amount of money like try to imagine your first serious job bringing home your paycheck every two weeks and then in the future being able to spend that in two weeks without having to worry that's how it's become and yet this person still freaks out about money because they don't think they have enough and it's mind-boggling that this is how they've turned out now, I, I have respect for this person some, mo most of the time, but I personally feel like because of them, I've learned how to grow up and not to do that. But I don't know if that makes it any better. I, I can't put that towards the goal of because of them, I now know what to do properly, so I should be fine. You know, there's, there's some there isn't justice there because they're still doing it incorrectly. They're still not 
doing it right. They're not spending money right. And so, is it really worth it? I can say that everything's fine because now I know what not to do, even though they're still doing that. Is it really worth... Is it really worth them doing that for the rest of their lives just for just so that I can say I learned a lesson from from watching and seeing what to do? That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem worth it. If I had to pick me learning that lesson versus this person making the right choices in life and not doing this with money, I'd obviously choose for them to learn the lesson, for them to have a happier life. Even if I make this even if I make the same mistakes they do one day. Hope I have I have some faith in myself that maybe I'd be able to fix it. That I'd be able to learn the lesson on my own. Anyway, it's uh it's it's that it's time. I that's about as long as I can go for tonight. Well that's this is the third episode of me ranting into a microphone alone in my room, like an idiot. I hope if any of you are watching, if anyone is watching or listening to these, I hope you're you're getting some entertainment out of my interesting life at times. Interesting yet boring life. Well, I'm going to go to bed. So I hope any of you listening to this, I'll, I'll say goodnight.